I am Bart Sprenkels, and you are listening to the Aquarium Genius Podcast, episode 8. Um, two episodes ago, I was on a solo episode. It was just me. And I received some super nice, kind, and, and encouraging reactions, which made me want to do it again. So today, it's just me, and I'm going to try and make an information-packed podcast episode that will help both uh, beginner aquarium hobbyists, maybe that's you, but it will also help a more experienced fish keepers to better understand how their plants are doing and what it takes for plants to do well. Um, it's something that I call the plant triangle, but we will get into that a little bit later, because first I dug up a couple of questions, two questions on my um, uh, potentially maybe soon to be revived uh, YouTube channel. I haven't posted a video in a very long time, but I do get uh, regular comments uh, for which I thank anyone who's uh, watching my YouTube channel. So the first question is from uh, Ricky Wong. Uh, he says, thanks for the video. Um, can I ask, do fishes need total darkness to sleep at night? Uh, most houses have some light on during the night. If the aquarium is in the living room, must all lights, including dim lights, be off? Um, it's a good question. It's something that I have also um, been dealing with because I have a couple of lights. My, my computer has a light. Um, part of the equipment that I use for my aquarium uh, also has 24-hour lighting. For example, the power brick. Um, and the short answer is uh, no. Uh, fish don't need total darkness to sleep. Um, some people keep their fish in uh, a basement in which case it might be possible to achieve total darkness, but I think in any other situation, and probably in your situation as well, um, there is going to be some form of light, even if it's just the moon, because the moon can be pretty light uh, or pretty bright uh, when it's out. So no, um, I do recommend not keeping your fish in the light 24 hours per day. Um, most aquariums that we have have a, a form of aquarium light hanging above it. Uh, don't keep that light on too long, partly because of the algae, but also because of the internal clock of your aquarium fish. Um, they do need a period of darkness and then daylight or light um, in order to do well. And once fish... Uh, I think a common question might be what happens if you keep your light on all the time. Um, usually it really impacts their immune, uh, immune system. So your aquarium fish will become quite prone to diseases. So generally um, total complete darkness is not necessary, but fish do require a period of darkness every day in order to man maintain their day and night balance. So thanks for the question, Ricky. Um, let's move. Oh, this is a coincidence. The next question I picked is from uh, Vicky. Um, I guess that this makes it kind of look like I came up with the questions myself, but I did not. It's from Fabulous Flowers with Vicky, a YouTube channel. So she asks, um, what kind of filter do you use? Some people say that the filter isn't for removing poop. What else would it be for? And then follow-up question, what brands do you recommend for the filter and wave maker? So thanks for the question. It is a good question. There are so many different 
brands and varieties and variations of aquarium filters out there um, that sometimes it just it just becomes so hard to choose especially because they range in in price points also significantly so what would set apart a uh, $40 uh, filter from a $240 filter like so okay Let's answer the first part of the question. What kind of filter do you use? Uh, on my aquariums, I uh, almost always run a canister filter. So a canister filter is a type of filter um, that you usually place underneath the aquarium. Uh, it has a pump, so it pumps water uh, out of the aquarium, through the filter, back into the aquarium. Now, I like this kind of filter because... Um, I don't really like the way that uh, an internal filter looks in an aquarium. And I also, if you have the correct one, <laughs> uh, like the way it, uh, it cleans, it cleans up. It's, it's quite easy to clean. It has a lot of capacity, so it takes takes quite long before it clogs. Uh, I usually clean my aquarium once per, or my filter once per month. Um, so yes, I use canister filters. And as I'm in the Netherlands, we have access to a whole bunch of German brands because... Those are our neighbors. Um, so I use JBL uh, Crystal Profi uh, filters. So some people say, this is the second part of the question, some people say that a filter isn't for removing poop. What else would it be for? Um, well, the, mm, it, a filter will probably uh, remove fish poop, but it will also remove many, many other things. Um such as uh, floating or like dead plant matter or uneaten food or um, well, probably just those two. Algae, maybe, potentially. If, if you, For example, if you clean your glass, the algae will start to float in your aquarium and it will be uh, picked up by your filter. So all that stuff is not out of your aquarium, it's just trapped by the filter. Remember this, because it actually requires you to clean the filter before it's removed from the system. Um, what else would it be for? Well, for what I just mentioned, but also for biological filtration. So what I just mentioned, large chunks of stuff getting trapped in your filter, is mechanical. It's just the chunks are so large that they don't fit through the tiny uh, mesh of a filter sponge. But for biological filtration, um, that's where you usually add those... Um, like hard, uh, porous, um, it could be, yeah, how do you say it, like biological filter medium, um, which has an enormous uh, surface. It's very uh, porous, so many tiny holes. And on this biological filter mil uh, media, um, your filter will start to grow um, beneficial bacteria. And the majority of your beneficial bacteria that you need for an aquarium to be safe for fish, is housed in your filter. Now, a whole bunch of the beneficial bacteria are also stuck towards the glass in your aquarium, uh, on the gravel in your aquarium, like the substrate, uh, on ornaments, etc. But a giant part is housed in the filter. Now, what do these bacteria do? Uh, in short, uh, fish poop um, or rotting or decaying organic matter produces ammonia um, and ammonia is something you do not want in your aquarium 
because it's extremely toxic in low concentrations to fish. So uh, first the gills of the fish will burn and then the fish might even die. So that ammonia needs to be converted to something else that's less toxic. And that's where the beneficial bacteria come into play. They eat the ammonia and produce first nitrite with an I and then nitrate with an A. Um, that's dissolved in your water and that's luckily for us way less toxic to fish. So um, that way the beneficial bacteria that are housed in the filter um, will keep your aquarium environment safe. And finally, what brands do you recommend? Um, honestly, um, I don't actually want to go into this right now. I, I use the uh, JBL Crystal Profi filters. I really enjoy them. I have used Eheim filters in the past, uh, but just find something that works for you. Now, that was the Q&A. Thank you, uh, Vicky and Ricky, <laughs> for the questions. Now let's move to what I already briefly uh, teased you with at the start of this uh, podcast, and that is the plant triangle. Now, this information that I'm trying to tell you uh, in a bit is something I wished I understood before I killed many plants in my aquarium. Um, and that is that uh, every aquarium plant only needs three things. So each corner of the triangle is one thing that your aquarium plant needs. At the top, you have light. Plants need light to do well. I put it at the top because the light is coming from above. Huh? <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, okay, it doesn't really matter. Light is one corner of the triangle. Then you have two left. One of them is uh, fertilization, fertilizer, nutrients. Plant needs nutrients to grow. Uh, the nitrate and the ammonia that I was just talking about is actually uh, consumed by plants, uh, just like phosphate and magnesium, a whole bunch of things. My tip, use uh, if you don't want to um, completely learn everything about fertilization, use one of those all-in-one uh, liquid fertilizers because um, then you're sure you have everything in the right proportion as well. So lighting on the top, uh, nutrients on the left, and then the last thing is carbon dioxide. So then you have the three pillars of um, what plants need in your aquarium to do well. Now, I, I guess that, that you know this because um, lighting makes sense. Uh, nutrients make sense. You need to feed the plants. Um, carbon dioxide, well, uh, people with high-tech setups, um, like myself actually, um, inject pressurized CO2 in their aquarium for their plants. Um, if you don't do that, people often call it a low-tech setup, and then there is still carbon dioxide in the water. This is something that um, you also should know. Um, carbon dioxide enters the aquarium naturally through diffusion at the water surface. So in the air above your aquarium is carbon dioxide. It's the same air that we breathe. And then um, it slowly gets absorbed by the aquarium water. But it's just too slow for the plants to do well. So if you have uh, many plants, they will consume the carbon dioxide at a higher rate than it is able to enter your aquarium. Okay, so now you have this triangle. 
And the main thing that I want to tell you today is that this triangle is all about balance. If you have a balanced triangle, your plants will grow steadily and they will grow happy. Um, and that means that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you need bright lights or um, a lot of nutrients because that is going to create an imbalance. If you only increase one of the components, let's say you have an aquarium that's doing very well. Um, for example, you're taking care of uh, an aquarium of another hobbyist, for example. And they're on vacation and he or she asks you, hey, can you take care of my aquarium? And it's, it's, it's balanced. But you think, well, he or she is coming back in uh, a couple of weeks, wouldn't it be nice if the plants have grown so much and uh, it will come back and it's like, whoa, what happened to my aquarium? So you want to achieve that. Um, what are your options? Well, if you increase light, for example, you increase the brightness of a light, um, you keep it on longer, um, that by itself is not going to make the plants grow faster because it also then needs more uh, nutrients and more carbon dioxide. And now that I'm explaining this, it sounds so ridiculously simple, um, but just wrap your head around it um, because if you're going to create an imbalance, for example, you are only going to increase the light on that aquarium, um, algae will take over. <laughs> um, this is something that I've learned the hard way and I'm sure that you have experienced this as well if algae starts growing in your aquarium or in this case the aquarium that you're taking care of uh, it is because of an imbalance usually so if you drastically increase the lighting for example I went home for the weekend once um, to my parents place and I left the light of my aquarium on uh, I have it on a timer but I was doing some maintenance um, when the lights were already out. So I switched on the like the manual override button, you know, <laughs> and I forgot to turn it off. So when I came back, I had an enormous uh, web of uh, like green hair algae um, because of the imbalance. It was there was too much light. Now, what does this mean for your aquarium? It means that if you uh, increase the brightness of a light, you should also increase the amount of nutrients and the amount of carbon dioxide um, in order to remain or like keep, maintain, that was the word I was looking for, maintain a balance. Yeah? Um, let's move to an example because that always works in my head if someone gives a, a concrete example and I hope this might help you. Let's say um, you were like me and you start with a low-tech aquarium system. Um, I, I realized that many people were selling their, or are selling, always selling their aquarium setups on uh, the used market, the, the Dutch form of Craigslist, basically. So I hopped online. I spent, um, I think, 40 euros, which is like 50 bucks uh, US, um, on a complete aquarium equipment kits that someone want, wants to get rid of it included an aquarium uh, a canister filter a light um, and the gravel basically so I filled it up and I 
enjoyed uh, the living. Uh, I have I have sound effects. Um, the living. Oh, that was the wrong one. I really uh, enjoyed the first stages of, of of this hobby, but at some point, um, you want. I guess you want more. Um, so, what will be the bottleneck in a low tech situation? That's where I'm getting at. In my case, I had uh, I had lighting. I purchased all-in-one fertilizer for nutrients but I did not have a CO2 system. So if, and that, that is going to be the bottleneck because I could uh, add more fertilizer to the aquarium. Sure, I could go over the recommended dosage and just start adding a little bit more. And that's a perfectly fine thing to do. I could leave on my lights longer, um, but for me, there was no way to increase the amount of carbon dioxide. And honestly, I think that is the limitation of a low-tech setup. So if people on the internet or on podcasts like mine or um, on forums or YouTube videos, whatever, if they are talking about um, low-tech versus a high-tech setup, one of the main differences uh, is the equipment. It makes a lot of sense. If you watch, um, if you look at a high-tech setup, you will notice the expensive bright LED uh, sunset sunrise functionality lights and uh, I'm guilty of having those uh, <laughs> um, and you will maybe notice the, um, uh, the, the 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 filter the canister filter or like the complete filtration system underneath the aquarium so you will see um, that people like are increasing their um, the equipment that they're using. But you, let's say you want that as well. So you invest in a light and you hang it above your low-tech aquarium that's currently in the low-tech stage. This bright light, um, it might cost you 200 US dollars. I don't know, uh, just expensive for a, a light upgrade. It might just ruin your aquarium. It might ruin your aquarium it might ruin your aquarium experience because, my God, you're going to experience an all, uh, a whole other level of algae. Um, because if you have the plant triangle that was perfectly balanced because of your effort and patience, patience is a big part of this. Um, most aquariums tend to balance themselves eventually. Um, but you completely blew it out of proportions by introducing this bright light. So um, that is something that I, I just wished I knew. I had a balanced aquarium. It was doing well, but I could not grow certain plants. Um, I, I usually call them like high maintenance or like difficult plants. But what makes them difficult is they require more. They require more lighting. They require more nutrients. And they require additional carbon dioxide in your aquarium water. Um, so I wanted to upgrade my system to a point where I was able to grow any aquarium plant that they have in my in, in my local fish store. Essentially, that was my goal. I didn't know it at the time, but I just wanted more options. I think um, I think Ryan Noel described aquascaping as having a palette with options, and then or 
<laughs> like with different colors. And if you can have more options on the plants section in a local fish store, it will increase to your palette of colors. So you can do more stuff. I wanted that. So the first thing, and honestly, I might have taken the right way to go, but I first purchased a uh, pressurized CO2 system. I think I've talked about this particular <laughs> particular purchase many times already on this podcast because it was so much money for me. Imagine, I, I started with 40 euros. I, I bought everything I needed at the start. Well, I needed some plants and some fish, but just equipment-wise, I was done with 40 euros. And then at one point I woke up and that day I bought a 250 euro, so like 270, 280 US dollar um, CO2 system, which was just ridiculous at the time. Um, but it did allow me to um, add CO2 to the water. And therefore, because I could increase the CO2 in the plant's triangle, I could also increase the brightness of my lights and the amount of fertilizer I added. So the plants that I already have, they usually start to do better once you introduce CO2 because the CO2 is not the bottleneck anymore within the plant triangle. So I <laughs> let's take a step back here because that was that was a lot of information and Honestly, that was the information that I wanted to share with you today. Don't click away just yet. We're not done. Just the like the informational part of my lecture lecture slash rant is 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 over now. Um, let's talk a little bit on how you can apply this. And it's not that you can in improve your aquarium tomorrow. Not necessarily. But what I want. What I want to achieve with, with, with sharing this piece of information with you today is that you can understand your aquarium better. Honestly, that goal is so underrated. Um, a large part of, of our aquarium hobby is understanding why something is happening. Why are your plants not doing well? Why are your fish swimming near the surface? Why is this algae growing? Algae is just constantly growing. Um, and what I found for me personally is once I started to understand my little ecosystem uh, that was in my uh, bedroom a little better, um, it also gave me a form of peace of mind. Like this is how it's supposed to be. This is, this is going well. Um, and it also gives you more options. So um, one of my personal um, enjoyments in the aquarium hobby are Dutch-style aquariums. Now, I currently don't own one <laughs> because just running a Dutch-style aquarium is so much work. It's insane. Um, what characterizes a Dutch-style aquarium? Basically... It consists of fast-growing stem plants. Fast-growing means that my entire plant triangle needed to be needed to be out there. You know, I needed bright lights. I needed a lot of fertilizer. It's 
unreal how much fertilizer uh, fast-growing plants will consume. And I needed a whole bunch of CO2. And I know that um, there are all these measurements, like all these rules of thumb uh, on the internet, right? Uh, uh, Or even on the bottle of the liquid fertilizer. If you have this many gallons, you add this much fertilizer. The thing is, it really depends on what you have in your aquarium. This is something that no one tells you as well. Um, If you have a lot of fast-growing plants in your aquarium, it doesn't matter how many gallons the aquarium is. It matters how much do your plants consume. Um, The same goes for CO2, uh, all the whole how many bubbles per second uh, thing is important, but what's way more important is that you also eventually learn how to measure all the parameters, like the essential parameters in your um, in your aquarium. When it comes to CO2, you have um, these continuous tests. So it is a, um, I forgot the name, but it's something, it's a liquid that you add in like a drop like in a, a plastic bulb, you stick it in the inside of the aquarium, and if it's blue, there's not enough CO2. If it's green, it's perfect, and then if it's turning yellow, um, you have too much. So that's for the CO2. Um, lighting, honestly, is just a little bit of trial and error, at least in my experience. If you have too much light, um, algae, like green hair algae, usually starts to grow, in my experience. And then for a fertilizer, you do some calculations, you do some tests, like uh, uh, water tests, um, that will give you an insight on the amount of consumption. Um, But imagine this also, keep in mind that if you add small plants at the start, they're fast growing, a couple of weeks later, there's just much more plant in your aquarium. So it's going to consume. So it's a a continuous process, but um, just... It is one of my passions to have a Dutch style aquarium, but um, just the whole trimming and maintenance process was was just too long. So, um, what I will also ask you for today is to 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 drop me, uh, send me a message, or rate the um, rate the podcast on on the app that you're listening to the podcast. I would really love it if you. Um, if you guys would uh, like interact with the content, I, I can see what's up. I can see if you like it. Uh, I can see what I can improve on also because <laughs> it kind of feels like I'm making the same podcast every two weeks. Um, so it, it gives me a, a form of direction. Like what can I do for you? What can I, what can I share with you that will benefit you and your fish keeping experience? Um, I would, I, I would really love that. So, Let's keep it at this for now. Um, I make this podcast every two weeks. Uh, It's released Friday, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, every two weeks. Uh, You can find me on Aquarium Genius, like at Aquarium Genius on Instagram, where I can respond to your messages. And if you want, you can also send me an email on Bart, uh, B-A-R-T, at AquariumGenius.com. Excuse me. So um, that's it for today. I hope you learned something. Uh, I hope this can help you understand what's happening in your aquarium and how your plants are doing. And then 
there's nothing left for me to say now except for uh, see you in two weeks and uh, have a great have a great two weeks <laughs>